Section 23 of Great Epochs in American History, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Great Epochs in American History, Volume 1. Voyages of Discovery and Early Explorations, 1000 A.D. to 1682. By Francis Whiting Halsey. Section 23. The Discovery of the Mississippi by De Soto. 1541. Parkman's Account. Footnote. From Parkman's Pioneers of France in the New World. By permission of the publishers. Little, Brown, and Company. Hernando de Soto was born at Badeos, Spain in 1500 and died near the Mississippi River, probably on May 21, 1542. Before discovering the Mississippi, he had been in Panama and Nicaragua, had been active with Pizarro in the conquest of Peru, from which he returned very rich to Spain, and in 1587 had been appointed governor of Cuba and Florida, with orders to explore and settle the country. It was while engaged in the latter work that he discovered the Mississippi. De Soto's route has been determined only approximately. He is believed first to have made a circuit northward from Tampa through Florida into Georgia and perhaps into Carolina, thence going westward to Alabama and Mobile Bay. From the latter he turned northward again, thence going westward to the Mississippi, which he is believed to have crossed at Chickasaw Bluffs in May 1541. From this point he went northward and almost reached the Missouri. He then turned southward and reached the junction of the Red River and Mississippi where he died of malaria fever. Of his men, 250 perished from disease or in combat with the Indians. End of footnote. Hernando de Soto was the companion of Pizarro in the conquest of Peru. He had come to America a needy adventurer, with no other fortune than his sword and target. But his exploits had given him fame and fortune, and he appeared at court with the retinue of a nobleman. Still, his active energies could not endure repose and his avarice and ambition goaded him to fresh enterprises. He asked and obtained permission to conquer Florida. While this design was in agitation, Cabeca de Vaca, one of those who had survived the expedition of Narvaez, appeared in Spain, and for purposes of his own, spread abroad the mischievous falsehood that Florida was the richest country yet discovered. De Soto's plans were embraced with enthusiasm. Nobles and gentlemen contended for the privilege of joining his standard and setting sail with an ample armament, he landed at the Bay of Espiritu Santo, now Tampa Bay, in Florida, with 620 chosen men, a band as gallant and well-appointed, as eager in purpose, and audacious in hope, as ever trod the shores of the New World. The clangor of trumpets, the neighing of horses, the fluttering of pinions, the glittering of helmet and lance, startled the ancient forest with unwanted greeting. Amid this pomp of chivalry, religion was not forgotten. The sacred vessels and vestments, with bread and wine for the Eucharist, were carefully provided, and de Soto himself declared that the enterprise was undertaken for God alone, and seemed to be the object of his especial care. These devout marauders could not neglect the spiritual welfare of the Indians whom they had come to plunder, and besides fetters to bind and bloodhounds to hunt them, they brought priests and monks for the saving of their souls. 
the adventurers begun their march. Their story has been often told. For month after month and year after year, the procession of priests and cavaliers, crossbowmen, arquebusiers, and Indian captives laden with the baggage, still wandered on through wild and boundless wastes, lured hither and thither by the ignis fatuus of their hopes. They traversed great portions of Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi, everywhere inflicting and enduring misery, but never approaching their phantom El Dorado. At length, in the third year of their journeying, they reached the banks of the Mississippi, a hundred and thirty-two years before its second discovery by Marquette. One of their number describes the great river as almost half a league wide, deep, rapid, and constantly rolling down trees and driftwood on its turbid current. The Spaniards crossed over at a point above the mouth of the Arkansas. They advanced westward but found no treasures, nothing indeed but hardships, and an Indian enemy, furious, writes one of their officers, as mad dogs. They heard of a country toward the north where maize could not be cultivated because the vast herds of wild cattle devoured it. Footnote. The bison, or buffalo, is here referred to. End of footnote. They penetrated so far that they entered the range of the roving prairie tribes, for one day, as they pushed their way with difficulty across great plains covered with tall, rank grass, they met a band of savages who dwelt in lodges of skin sewed together, subsisting on game alone, and wandering perpetually from place to place, finding neither gold nor the South Sea, for both of which they had hoped, they returned to the banks of the Mississippi. De Soto, says one of those who accompanied him, was a stern man and a few words. Even in the midst of reverses, his will had been law to his followers, and he had sustained himself through the depths of disappointment with the energy of a stubborn pride. But his hour was come. He fell into deep dejection, followed by an attack of fever, and soon after died miserably. To preserve his body from the Indians, his followers sank it at midnight in the river, and the sullen waters of the Mississippi buried his ambition and his hopes. The adventurers were now, with few exceptions, disgusted with the enterprise, and longed only to escape from the scene of their miseries. After a vain attempt to reach Mexico by land, they again turned back to the Mississippi, and labored, with all the resources which their desperate necessity could suggest, to construct vessels in which they might make their way to some Christian settlement. Their condition was most forlorn. Few of their horses remained alive. Their baggage had been destroyed at the burning of the Indian town of Bavilla, and many of the soldiers were without armor and without weapons. In place of the gallant array which, more than three years before, had left the harbor of Espiritu Santo, a company of sickly and starving men were laboring among the swampy forests of the Mississippi, some clad in skins and some in mats woven from a kind of wild vine. Seven brigantines were finished and launched, and trusting their lives on board these frail vessels, they descended the Mississippi, running the gauntlet between hostile tribes who fiercely attacked them. Reaching the Gulf, though not without the loss of eleven of their number, they made sail for the Spanish settlement on the river Panico, where they arrived safely, and where the inhabitants met them with a cordial welcome. Three hundred and eleven men thus escaped with life, leaving behind them the bones of their comrades, strewn broadcast through the wilderness. End of section 23